As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. It's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just the trio of feathery brethren weathering any season to see the Eagles eating teams like Scrammy's top with cheese. It's Philadelphia. Bo Sheel and Zach kicking it cooler than breathing until Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose. It's time for some juice on some Birds with Friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Bo Sheel and Zach coming at you with sets and things we are going to rip out the hearts of other podcasts. We are going to bite off their eyeballs. We are going to start every segment watching the scene from The Last of the Mohicans where the guy takes a bite out of the other guy's heart. We may not be good, but we're going to be nasty. We're going to reflect the blue-collar nature of this city. Hello, everybody. What a night for the Philadelphia Eagles. Rounds two and three in the books. Welcome to Birds with Friends. It is 1.37 a.m. On Saturday morning, Bo Wolf, Zach Berman, Sheila Kapadia, Marissa Dunn, behind the scenes, hiding herself while she eats food for the first time today. Congratulations to Marissa for finally uh, getting fed out there in Las Vegas. And congratulations to the Eagles for drafting Cam Jurgens or Jurgens, still up in the air, not decided by the Eagles or the league. We'll have to figure that out in the second round. Jason Kelsey's replacement, we'll get to that. N'Kobe Dean. The Georgia linebacker, the alpha male of all the alpha males on that Georgia football team in the third round. We'll get to that as well. Sheil, how you doing? Would you say I'm the Nicobe D? Do you feel like I'm the alpha male? Who's the alpha male of this podcast? Michael Commenters, Dunn. Commenters can uh I mean, Coach Flynn. There. Coach Flynn is the answer to that, I would say. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm in of the, you know people who are on every uh, every episode here. But uh, I, I'm looking forward to this because I didn't see any of Howie Roseman's uh, press conference oh, okay. after the draft picks. I've just been type, typing away, firing off takes. I feel like there should be some type of, type of thing you can sign up for that when, like if you have to do grades, they should just disintegrate like a year later because, I mean, I have no idea. You know, I was just firing them off uh, left and right, and there was so much mystery in day two of this year's draft that some of these guys, I mean, I had nothing on, you know, like uh, over half of them I had a good opinion on and then other ones I'm, I'm trying to figure it out 
as I go there. So uh, I want to hear what Howie Roseman had to say. I want to hear your guys' interpretation of it because uh, this is much different than yesterday. Not that there was nothing to talk about yesterday, but these are, I don't, I don't think controversial is the right word, but I do want to know what the reasoning was, what the explanation was from the team for the two players they picked today. Well, Zach, let me uh, let me let you uh, let me tee this up for you, uh, and you can tell Shiel. You know there are times when it's draft weekend, and uh, the head coach and the GM and and whoever the you know vice president of personnel come in, and there's a certain tone uh, of whether it's like apology or it's more straightforward, uh, and sometimes they come in and they are like raring to go. And how did they how did they enter the room tonight? after uh, the two selections that they made? Absolutely the, the latter. I mean, they were raring to go. They were, uh, really? to use a, a, a term that I, I see in the comments, they were feeling themselves, right? They <laughs> wow. were they, they were, were taking a whiff in BWF yeah, parlance. They were happy with how this night went. And now part of it is Nick Sirianni's an energetic guy. I don't want to say I, I, I took umbrage to show, but he walked into the room and said, you know, there's not enough energy in the room. What was I? supposed right. to do we you know he didn't even sit down it yet. was I, uh it was as if he had been uh locked in a cage yes. um for several hours and was finally let loose after uh maybe taking some illicit drugs and that was the energy that he had look there's there's a lot of things i can be accused sounds of. very specific and very uh maybe personal uh, but continue zach <laughs> lacking energy is not one of them so I was not going to push back but i was going to say nick i've been ready man i've i i've been sitting here for at that point, 25, 30 minutes, ready to fire off these questions, right? Uh, but no, in 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 all honesty, they were uh, they were ha- they were happy with how the night went, and I, I thought they were substantive in their responses. Uh, the big headline is that they say, and when I say they, I should say Howie Roseman says, Nicobe Dean will be on the field next week at rookie minicamp. They do not believe Nicobe Dean needs surgery. They wow. expect Nicobe Dean to be. Our doctors are better than your doctors. <laughs> that's that's. <laughs> so I I just want to read, by the way, um, a quote, and this uh, was quote tweeted to me. Well, let's by, just well, while you dig that up, let's just let's just explain very briefly. Yes. Nicobe Dean, of course. Yeah, start the, at the top with Nicobe Dean. I mean, N- this is a big story. Nicobe Dean, the the heartbeat of the Georgia defense. Uh, a little bit undersized, 5'11", 226, I think. So there there were some questions about his size and athleticism to begin with. So I think a lot of teams would have had him pegged as more of a second-round pick than a first-round pick to begin with. He didn't run uh, or didn't test in the pre-draft process because of this pec and uh, knee injury. Uh, Giants general manager Shane yeah, Shane said something about, like, there's a reason this guy's falling. Well, he, and, yeah, and, yeah, so and, I, I have the exact okay, quote, and, and and then you can continue. But this is the exact quote. So this is considerably different than what you heard at One Nova Care Way, okay? Uh, from Joe Shane, the general manager of the Giants, on Nicobe Dean. Quote, there's a reason he's falling. I don't know what's all out there, what you have, but we can't really talk much about that. There's a reason he's falling, I think. And you know he's a great kid. He had a great career. Um, the way that he's—I mean, I—we we don't see here. We we didn't get to hear what he said, but the way he ends it with "he had a great career" does make it sound like he's never going to play football again. But but look, this is someone who we wrote as a first round possibility. 
and he's there in round three. And Ian Rappaport goes on uh, NFL Network in the middle of round two and explains why Nicobe Dean's falling. And you, ha you have um, doctors on social media explaining that he's going to need to get surgery. And, and uh, you know, there's... Right, so, so that's a, that is a, it is supposedly this pec injury, and there's 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 uh, reports that some teams think that he should have had surgery before the combine, and he didn't have it, and that he's going to have to have it and miss time his rookie season. Howie Roseman uh, said that that is not the case. You get nicks and bruises uh, playing in the SEC, playing football. He's going to be on the field. He's going to play through it. He's not going to miss time. And N'Kobe Dean, when we talked to him afterwards, said that he was a little frustrated because no one had brought this uh, to his attention at any point until this weekend. He had never heard that about the pec and that he uh, he had talked to several doctors who all said he did not need surgery. So, uh, but but this is confusing to me because it's very pec, confusing. A pec strain is not like a uh, you know degenerative con condition or like a career threatening decision. I mean, you know, if if there were a team that thought he should have got the surgery, you're talking about what I don't know, maybe missing his entire rookie year or missing part of his rookie year. But players get players get selected. You know, we saw Jameson Williams. I know it's a different player, different position, different upside, all those things. But players get selected even when you know, I mean, David David Ajabo got taken there, and he might not play at all next season. So that's why I'm confused by that. Are are we sure that the you know what Joe Shane and others might be referring to isn't the actual pec strain, or could there be another medical issue uh, that is a little vague and unclear right now? That might be more kind of long term. It could thing. be. He has a knee injury yeah. as well. It it could be that. I also think I think part of this is that like he was not a he he was not a surefire first round pick on like just on the tape for most teams because he is a little bit undersized and there are questions about his athleticism. I think he was not quite as uh, at the top of the board. And so it wasn't as much of a tumble as it might be perceived to be. And now Howie Roseman said uh, what he always says that uh, after he was picked, you know, they heard from around the league that he was going to be going off the board shortly thereafter. You know, we've heard that we've heard that before. So, we, you know, that's that that does not <laughs> matter. Nuts. Uh, but um, it does not. It does not sound like he was gonna go like undrafted. Um, if the Eagles no, but take him. but if if you are if if he came up there and said, look, there's an issue here with the shoulder, that's why he dropped. There's a chance he might need surgery and he might need the redshirt this year. Mm -hmm. If if that was the case, you would still say if you're getting a potential first round talent or second round talent in the third round and you have to wait a year for him in the third round. You you might be willing to take on that risk, but that but would be so much be more so under, exactly. It would yeah, be more understandable what, if that's what they said, because then it would yeah, seem like as if Jones. they were on the same right. page as yeah. the, rest exactly. of the league, right? Yeah, they didn't even hedge, and the the the, the way Bo, yeah, the way Bo framed it, it, it it's it's essentially like saying, well, our doctors say he's fine. I don't know what all the other doc and and then at one point, how he said they all share medical information, but if they all share medical information. Then, well, I, he didn't say he, he didn't say we all share. It's like it's like a like a team by team sharing yeah, yeah. process, okay. right? Like yeah, you, like you, you you hook up with a few other teams, sure. uh, in your little pods or whatever. But yeah. okay, fair. That, that's that's fair. But anyways, this it's it's fascinating because I I think from a football perspective and from like an intangibles perspective, from everything you hear about him, everything you read about him, um, this is a player that that is better than a third round talent. 
right? And so if you're able to get him in the third round, well, not able, they got him in the third round, but if there's not the injury risk that other teams think there is, then it could that it has the chance of paying dividends for the Eagles. Yeah, I'm having trouble. Uh, you know, I feel like in an alternate universe, we're coming on here going, wow, this is amazing. N'Kobe Dean, finally, they drafted a linebacker. I mean, we did the exercise on The Athletic, and, uh, you know, I, Zach, I saw you tweeted it out, and I couldn't even remember what I wrote. I, <laughs> but then I saw, it was like, yeah, if they trade back in the first round, uh, maybe this would be a target. And now you're getting him in the third round. What pick was it? 80, 83. 83, you're getting him. I mean, for a franchise, for a fan base that has been starved for a linebacker like this, even if he's not quite the prospect that some thought about. I don't know, there's reputable people. I mean, Dane had him as his 29th overall prospect. Daniel Jeremiah had him as his 17th overall prospect. Uh, Arif Hassan does the consensus big board, which has been like more predictive than most of the experts you see. There, he was the 21st best prospect you know as you mentioned i know you were joking with the alpha stuff but yes this was the leader of the, the best guy. defense we've seen in recent memory in college football and so started 20 you know 25 games in three years six sacks 10 tackles for loss eight passes defended two interceptions last year uh, i wrote down durable i mean i don't think he missed time in college with any of this stuff did he you know uh, yeah. yeah i don't uh, yeah i think that was one of the things i had uh Written down there, three down player, uh, certainly undersized, five foot 11, 229. The athleticism certainly could be a, a question. He didn't participate in any of the testing. I think uh, that's part of it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, at the same time, I mean, he did. What's what, what's Zach left? Yeah, I got the, we uh, got these. I know. I tried to, yeah. I, I tried to find out details on it and on and, what? On, on like, did they have yeah. GPS tracking uh, information oh, okay. to like to oh, get a sense of on that? If you didn't get shut down as much as it was just like, uh, like oh, an afterthought, sorry, like, he's fine. <laughs> it's like hey, he's got instincts. Don't worry about it. Like, well, that you know what that is a thing though for uh, totally. for linebackers. I totally. would say, yeah. I mean, you hear all that linebacker and safety. I would say two positions where if you know what's coming, uh, you can take a step before the other guy would take a step, and that makes up for. I mean, yeah, I mean, the guy did play like he played twenty five games in the SEC. Like he's not coming from uh, you know the program where you would worry about the level of competition. So football IQ, leadership. I mean, uh, Deontay Lee wrote the piece for us on the Athletic comparing Nicobe Dean and uh, Devin Lloyd. And I think he called Nicobe Dean like, you know, by far the best tackling linebacker uh, in this year's year's class. Like that was the one thing where he's like, I have no questions about him uh, as a tackler. And so like those are a lot of things to work with. And we're not talking about a guy who has to unseat uh, Fred Warner here or Darius Leonard. You know, this is like somebody if you can get like mediocre to above average linebacker play and a guy who really those those intangibles, the leaderships, calls the defense, tells people where to line up is kind of the heartbeat of the group. Like as a freaking home run with the 83rd pick in the draft. I mean, his really his on-field performance, if that's average starting linebacker level with all the other stuff, that's a home run with the 83rd pick. So uh, I, we kind of came on and we're, we're talking through it. But, uh, you know, I understand if Eagles fans are, are really excited uh, about this pick. Now, having said that, I think it is worth say, being excited about. It's yeah. just like you, you hold your, it, it feels like yes. the, the whole time yes. you're going to be holding your breath. We have to remind ourselves that there were 82 opportunities for teams to take the player 
and they did not uh, take the player. So whether they know something more than you, whether everyone was overthinking it, uh, that is something that certainly you have to think about. Well, and it's it's a little bit interesting because now now Howie said, and and of course he's he's always going to say this too. But it did it did seem accurate based off like the reactions of Sirianni and and Andy Wilde next to him that when they were on the board at at fifty three, the two guys clearly at the top of their board were were Dean and, and uh, Jurgens, and you know they're always gonna they're always gonna side on the side of the of the lines, and so they went with Jurgens and sort of held their breath. And it's funny because I feel like if it had been reverse, if they had taken Dean at fifty three and then Jurgens at 83 or whatever or 51 and 83 i feel like we would think about this a little differently sure i was um, writing that you're right and and it would be like everything made a lot more sense yes wait he said they were considering dean those were the two guys yes. yeah those and then were the they two waited guys. 30 spots and just hoped that he they, have nothing, well, they had they had, no, they yeah, had five they picks trade. they have nothing to move up with yeah so i uh, so i actually i i was surprised that they didn't trade back and uh and we'll get to that but to what bo's saying here um how he said there really wasn't much of a trade market in the second round. Right. He said they didn't, you know, they didn't force the Jurgens pick. Like that's where Jurgens was on their board. But it sounded like they really didn't have a compelling trade back situation in the second round. In the third round, it sounded like there were trade back opportunities, but they did not want to miss out on Nicobe Dean at that point. So that's what I find interesting because they only have five draft picks right now, right? Uh, they only have two picks tomorrow. You've written, Shield, that volume is, is the way to go. I know the Eagles wanted volume. Um, and if they're sacrificing the chance to trade back, or I shouldn't say sacrificing, bypassing the chance to trade back because they've of the conviction they have in N'Kobe Dean, they could be wrong here. I think that's telling. Uh, but, like, they are – what Bo and I were saying, that jumped out. They didn't hedge. The only hedge they did was, you know – like like everyone else, we bring him in for the physicals this this weekend, so our doctors will see him again. But how he even said, I called our doctors four times <laughs> during the second, you know, during the draft. Like, am I missing something here? Am right. I missing something here? Right? Like wow. he was. They were really like puffing their chests out on the Kobe okay. Dean. Well, uh, they listen draft uh, during these draft press conferences they've said stuff before that they've regretted so right. we will see if that's the case but i don't know i feel like the stakes are pretty low i mean you know the fact that's, is that's if, he, point. if yeah. he doesn't pan out it's the 83rd pick it's a third round pick you rarely get a starter right. uh in the third round also the volume thing you know I, I do think there's like a i don't know if a cutoff point is the right word but i do there's think you want volume among a certain you know part of the draft like, like you want what the ravens had today right where, where they had a bunch of volume in day two and day, or rounds two and three That's yeah what, i right, mean right. yeah six and you know if you're getting volume in uh six and seven that probably is going to be that much different than the undrafted free agent so even me I, I probably get carried away with it um too much i do think it's important i think i you know I, I try to say this now that there's that distinction that uh you know it's more about not trading you know multiple picks to move up you know, multiple high picks to move up in the first to take somebody uh, who might not have upside or you have questions about that kind of thing. But it is it, it is just really interesting how like how adamant how we and it, he wasn't even asked about Nicobe Dean. I started asking about Cam Jurgens and he goes he goes into that and then he just he goes right to Nicobe Dean and he wants to put out there he is going to be on the field okay. next week at yeah. rookie minicamp. There's like there's no hedging at all. Um 
And there's no there like it would have been totally acceptable as as Zach said like to come out and say you know we're gonna we're gonna get him in here take it slow and see how he does it was like no like balls to the wall we're this is our guy and I I gotta say on a human level I kind of feel bad when you hear Nicobe Dean say you know he's in Las Vegas by the way so he right. clearly thinks right like he clearly right. thinks he's going early he he's not expecting this and he says he has to explain to his mother why they're losing all this money over right. something that he thinks is not true. Wow. Yes. That's interesting. I, I got to watch these press conferences. I, I a lot of everyone in the chats talking about uh, how he's demeanor and how he was kind of going at reporters and uh, was giddy. I need to uh, watch this for myself. After. Sirianni was, is the one who was really giddy. Yeah. Um, oh, really? He going oh, after how he wasn't yeah. going. He, uh, there was one. No, but there was some there interactions, playful. some playful oh, yes. interaction. Yeah. Yes. Okay. It was more interactions with each other. Yes, okay. like like Howie and Nick doing like a uh, uh, like an improv show, and Andy just kind of sitting there. Watching. <laughs> yeah, Andy was Andy was like not very involved. Also, a that. very good. There was a very good uh, thing from Sirianni uh, that was a bit of a throwback to Doug. Uh, Doug's like trying to catch trying to catch your eye, like you you try to make eye contact. Uh, Sirianni said that like. As the board's playing out, like Shane Steichen's texting texting him, like uh, you know, Jurgens is still on the board, and then Jonathan Gannon is texting him, hey, like Nicobe Dean is still on the board, like you aren't you aren't they not in the room? You have to text them. That's What's what I go- was gonna ask. What is going on here? No, no. My understanding is that they bring the coaches into the room for like the picks, but. I could be wrong. So they're crazy. sequestered away? Oh, I thought the coordinators yeah. were there. Yeah, no, I thought so, I thought so too. I, I I don't know. I, I always thought they kind of keep like a tight circle during the period. I could be wrong there. Oh, I, I that would know. make sense. Yeah, they don't want, you know, maybe. That's a good mm, question. They don't, want, they don't want anybody throwing fists with, with Tommy D. Right. Or I could be know, wrong there. but, but Or usually, after the fact, yeah. you know, yeah. yeah, talking about what happened. Um, what was I? I uh, had something else on on, on D. Oh yes, uh, I have to say that I mean, just the just the uh, Zoom press conference with him. I'm in. I'm swayed. I see the I see the alpha. I'm I'm. <laughs> he's got me. I'm in. I'm in on the Kobe team. Yeah, I mean, he see. It seems like it doesn't take much. It seems like yeah. everybody just loves the guy. You know, there are linebackers like that. That is just they are. Everybody loves. Uh, this guy, everyone gravitates towards this guy. He's the you know unquestioned uh, leader of the defense. So I mean, yeah, I don't think I could. Run. I don't think I could break the wall and run through it. I, I think I would splat against it, but I would try for him. Oh, he got you pumped. You mean? I, I, yeah. I just more I believe in him. I like I'm, I'm in way. on this guy. Yeah. All right. Four point three GPA in high school, by the way. Yeah, he graduated like with. Uh, well, he, uh, he he had a three point five five in mechanical engineering. Yeah, I mean that's him. Yes. And has he, it now? Ha, yeah, he's has he's, it now, right? Zach yeah, I, Zach I asked him about that. I okay. did, because um, I I'm I'm impressed by that. So so anyways, uh, that was my biggest takeaway of of the night, and, and we'll get into 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 Cam Jurgens. Yeah, we'll, we'll, I, I, I thought the way after the break. Yeah, I, I thought let's... the way Bo framed it though was was interesting because on my ride home tonight, I was thinking about that. If Dean was the second rounder and Jurgens was the third rounder, would I feel any differently about the evening? I think you would. Yeah. So and I don't and know how you, how you I don't I don't yeah. know how you do feel about the evening. 
Was <laughs> that the good question? Point. Yeah. Well, I mean, I have well, no so idea. We'll get, so, so we'll get to the Turkins pick here because yeah. I, okay. I, take a break. I, I do want well, to let's take a out. break. Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's take a break uh, here from our very, very valued sponsors, our dear sponsors, and uh, come back and talk a little bit about the second round pick, Cam Riergens. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. Back on Birds with Friends. We've crossed the 2 a.m. threshold as we transition now and pivot to the pivot. Cam Jurgens, number 51 overall. And I think uh, I think to be to begin this conversation, we have to give it the context uh, that it deserves, and that is the Jason Kelsey context. And he reacted to the pick live on uh, Bleacher Report's live stream with Zach's boy, Adam Lefko. Let's uh, let's hear that right now. As the porn bots Jason come. Kelsey and I shared the split screen and we oh, lost our I'm, freaking uh, minds love and we had an amazing time. The pick's been made already? I love the pick um, in terms of the player. I'm Jason Kelsey, curious. you do if not right, know who the pick is, right. right? I want to make sure that this person hasn't broken it's one. It's on the screen. It is Cam Jurgens. Oh, that's it. It's a center. <laughs> yeah. No, gonna, I don't know. What the hell? He's going to be fine. I knew we were taking him. You did? So, uh, so this is my favorite player in the draft. I'm not just saying that because we Hell picked yeah. him. Uh, the Eagles have been uh, using me uh, to like evaluate some of the centers coming out, and of all the guys that I've looked at, like for the past two three years, out of all the guys that compare the most to myself, uh, this guy is him. I mean, he is so athletic, so fast. You see him out in space. He runs. He's a natural athlete. You see the fluidity. He played tight end, a position convert. He's only been playing offensive line for two years. Um, you know, 49240, 1710-7193 uh, cone. This guy is a freak athletically. He has the best chance to be a difference maker at the center position. I I like this kid a lot. I really do. Okay. So uh first of all, it's funny when he says the Eagles have been using me. Uh, to to evaluate these positions, we asked Howie Roseman about it. He sort of downplayed it, and like it was more him doing a favor uh, to Jason Kelsey because he's in like interested in the draft process, and they only they only send him guys who they like to begin with. But um, I mean, listen, we have we have we talked about this last year with the Dickerson pick. Um, like a second round pick is a big resource to use. Uh, this is the of the last twelve. First and second round picks the Eagles have made, dating back to 2017. This is the ninth of 12 where a guy is being drafted to be a backup his first season. Now, some of those are a little bit 
more rotational, like defensive linemen, and some of them have been uh, just straight-up backups, like Landon Dickerson last year turned into a starter. But Cam Jurgens does not have really, my understanding, like guard versatility. This is he is a center. Did they he, get asked about that? Or they no? did not. They did not. Um, he is here to learn from Jason Kelsey, and that is how Howie Roseman sold it. He sold it as like Aaron Rodgers backing up Brett Favre. They had 25 years of elite quarterback play. That's what they want from Cam Jurgens at as their center to replace Jason Kelsey. I mean, it's very highfalutin. And I mean, I really gotta watch this. It's it is I like think it's very similar. There is a part of me that is um that is concerned that it's like they're too focused on finding the guy who is like Kelsey. Like because Kelsey is so unique. Uh and I and listen, I think you can modify unique. Uh like to, to, to find a guy who does some of the things he does, it sort of undersells everything that goes into Jason Kelsey. Like, it's not just the athleticism that makes him Jason Kelsey. Um, and, like, there's a there's sort of, like, a disrespectful aspect to it. But I am just, like, I'm just the novice here. If Jason Kelsey is, like, this excited about it and loves the guy that much, that has to, like, move the needle for me a little bit. He knows more about this than I do. Well, that part's true in terms of, I mean, yeah, he knows more about it than, than we all do. Uh, and his his opinion matters, and he, he has credibility when he speaks. Uh, I, I look at it a few ways. Uh, first of all, the Eagles overall during Jeff Stoutland's time, and to an extent Howie Roseman times, but in particular Jeff Stoutland's time, has earned the benefit of the doubt in terms of evaluating uh, offensive linemen. And well, no, no, no. Don't give Stoutland too much credit, Zach. Yeah, the <laughs> players were developing well, yes. themselves. Yeah. But you I have mean, to pick the play. They're evaluating say, themselves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so well, in Kelsey's case, they are, right? They're evaluating themselves. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, right. uh, but, no, so that's also... Could you imagine uh, if they sent Jason Peters' film to evaluate the left <laughs> tackles who were supposed to replace him? You think, how, how quickly would he have knocked off Andre Dillard on that list? Yeah, <laughs> but... But that's also why the second round value might not like you might not need to push it because you've been able to find guys later on. And when you're talking about that succession plan, uh, Kelsey was a sixth round pick, right? Like the, the, the time to find a center is not necessarily the second round. Now, Cam Jurgens might have a, a, a certain amount of talent and upside that you're not going to find later in the draft. Uh, I learned from Bo, I always try to apply kind of the shadow draft approach. What would I have done in that spot? And the players I was thinking, well, I would have tried to trade back, right? But the players I was thinking there were N'Kobe Dean, who they ended up getting, uh, Christian Harris, Nick Benito, and Drake Jackson were, were kind of the four there. I, I didn't think they were a particularly strong group of corners. You notice, he, you notice he didn't say Travis Jones there, Shield. I did not say Travis Jones. Well, um, they, I mean, yeah, yeah. they already wait, they wasted a first-round pick. They could have waited like the Ravens did. And they, they could have had the Ravens draft. I mean, really. That, yeah. that, that is true. They could, yeah. We, we can compare those for years to come. Yeah. Well, 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 the Ravens took uh, Linderbaum, who, who, interestingly, Peter Schrager and, on, right. on the NFL and, Network. And Ojabo. Yeah, yeah uh, uh, Peter Schrager said that some teams had, had Jurgens over Linderbaum on their board. Um, but I, I'm, I'm not as unsettled by the idea of, of him waiting a year because 
I think that the Eagles have shown over, you know, I, I, I wrote about this last week that they're always thinking about their long-term needs as opposed to just plucking a hole. And I don't necessarily have a problem with that. Mine is, is more the value. Like was Cam Jurgens such an outlier at that spot that you need to use the 51st pick on the draft on them. Um, and maybe there was also, and also like, are they so like, they're so convinced that Dickerson and Sayamalo now Sayamalo is going to be a free agent after this year. He might not even be, be part of the plans, but like, Dickerson has to stay at guard, like they or they need to have the athletic center. Like, and, is, yeah, this, and, is this is this a spot that not, really needed to be filled? Exactly. You know, I I I want to hear Shields' opinion here, so I'm sorry, but but uh, no. at, like center is not a position where you need to have your hair your heir apparent waiting <laughs> in the wings. Like, I get Jason Kelsey. Like it's is, like the it's like the royal succession plan. That's what. So, so they were asked, like, outside of quarterback, is this something you see often? And, and you do see kind of the starter in, in waiting. But the Eagles' response was, well, centers like quarterback where there's so <laughs> much like you the, need to learn. Yeah. And I just don't think I, – I don't view center – I think Jason Kelsey is an outlier, right? I don't yes. think you need to have a Jason Kelsey on your roster for the next 10 years. That's my point, so. I, I feel like I have a lot of thoughts on this. I, I know this is like there. I think feel like there's so much to unpack here. Where to begin? I, I want to just start with Jurgens as a prospect. I think I disagree uh, with you guys, or maybe I feel stronger about it. I think he's a he's an outstanding prospect. Okay. You know, when I was doing my uh, earlier today, I was trying to pre-write a lot of my blurbs for the grades, so that when you know Flex. guys picked, uh, I'm able to get get that post up there quicker and i mean there's a lot to like about jurgens i mean 31 career starts uh like uh, you know kelsey yeah, kelsey said lying. well well he he was wrong about uh the, he three years on the offensive line not two years okay uh but really just a freak of an elite athlete you know uh the 100th percentile in the broad jump 99th percentile in the three cone he gave up one sack in his career uh, over a thousand pass blocking snaps in his career, he gave up one sack. And a lot of people did compare him to Jason Kelsey uh, going into this process. And so I was looking at it going, you know, this this guy is absolutely worthy of a second round pick. I'll see what team takes him and I'll probably write that it's a, a pretty good pick. So I think from a prospect perspective, uh, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I, I, I think that, that was a good question, Zach. I would want to know what they would say. Was he on a tier that was so far and above everyone else there? I mean, I, I would imagine now they would say yes either way. But they that, said it was him and Dean is what they said. Him and Dean. Okay. And then they ended up getting Dean. So right. if that was really the case, then you say, all right, they played it fine. I mean, they still got Dean 30 picks later. So I do think Jurgens is a, uh, you know, is worthy of okay. where they took him. I don't, I don't think it's a reach. And I think very... he's a great prospect. I think he's a chance to, you know, like it wouldn't surprise me after the first three picks, like he could have the best career uh, of any of the guys they've drafted so far. Like, I don't think that's a stretch uh, really to say, I think he's, you know, his profile profiles as a really solid player. Bo, sorry. What were I was just going to say very, very quickly to the, the history of centers uh, to Zach's point, you know, Kelsey's a six round pick. 15, only 15 Pro Bowl or All-Pro centers over the past 10 years, 10 of them first or second round picks, and the other five all fifth, sixth, or undrafted. So it's like either get them early or you just hope you hit a lottery ticket. 
so that's on Jurgens. Now, uh, the Kelsey thing to me here is really interesting because I know going, you know, when I did the story on him, going back to when they, what, what year was Sayamalu? 16. When, 16. Uh, that year, you know, and, and there were a lot of stuff. I wasn't here for that, but, you know, following it from afar, and, and Zach, you could probably uh, fill me in, but I don't think Kelsey, Kelsey's camp, Kelsey's family, I don't think anybody there was that thrilled about the way that was going down with, hey, they're drafting Sayamalu to be Ke mm -hmm. to be Jason Kelsey's replacement because they think Jason Kelsey's play has really slipped and he's in the decline phase of his career and he's yep. not the player he used to be. I mean, that was, I don't, I don't know if that was the actual messaging, if that's what they thought the messaging was, if they were reading stuff online, what? But that yeah. was a point of contention that they were not happy with, that he was not happy with uh, at that time, that you know, it felt like they were trying to replace him, and he felt like he had given a lot of good years uh, to the organization. And so in now, the speech that he gives every year, he references that as, as Stoutland right. was the guy he who had his back. Right. And, but he's still, yes, that's exactly right. He, still, he just brought it up last year when he gave, yeah, when he gave that speech. He to actually me. gives that speech every year. <laughs> so that, that was Sayamalu, okay? Then last year, it's Landon Dickerson. And, you know, that's a, he's at a different stage in his career. But, I mean, Kelsey's coming off an all-pro season. We talked about this when they re-signed Fletcher Cox. This is a different scenario. This is like the balls in Kelsey's court. This isn't like the team should be wanting to get rid of this player. I know he's getting up there, but centers historically of his caliber, and we're talking about a Hall of Fame guy now, have been able to play in their mid-30s. And it's like even if his play slips a little bit, He's still going to be uh, pretty good. So it's like he's had what now three years in a row where he's thought about retiring and has come back. And so, like, you know, unless they know something we don't and it's possible they do. But I mean, I, I don't think he knows right now whether 2022 is going to be his, his final season. I don't think he know. you know, he's going to play the year out, see how the year goes, see how his body feels and then figure it out at the end of next season. But like there's no guarantee uh, that next year is going to be his final season, and he's still playing at a really high level. So then it goes back to the Dallas Goddard <laughs> conversation right. we had many years ago. Now, I think it's different. The Goddard thing pissed me off because they were in a Super Bowl window right there, and, and they had just signed Zach Ertz, and Zach Ertz was in his prime, and like there was no way that Goddard could potentially get on the field. So this, to me, is actually uh, more justifiable because they're not, you know. Well, I, I disagree. Know. I, 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 I disagree because you can, I mean, you can have two tight ends exactly. on the field at the same time. Yeah, yeah. yeah Cam well, Jurgens is that, and, and that was part right, of the downfall. But like, no, but you right, can play a second You can get him on Cam the field. Cam yeah, is not going to play true. unless unless they move him the guard, or okay. unless Jason Kelsey gets hurt. That's true, but there's a little more, I guess, uncertainty. And if they felt like it was best player available, but yeah, I mean, I to feel me, like there's a, I feel like there is a a aspect of this that is a tacit admission that they are entering this year as if it is Kelsey's last year. We're probably entering but, last but of year. Course, and of course that could change. Nothing. Of course that could change. But I feel like his involvement in the process changes the calculation a little bit. Which they did, which you just said they downplayed. So is that just a matter mm. of we don't want to, you know, we don't want to piss him off. Let's just uh, do it this way. You know, they might just know, hey, we might draft a center in the first two rounds. Let's get Kelsey involved. I mean, I don't know that, you know, Kelsey is a great teammate. Uh, I think he would. You know, he's going to help the guy regardless. We've, we've spoken to enough of his teammates to know that's how he is. That doesn't mean he's not at home going, well, what the hell? They're doing this again? They're using a second-round pick on a center? Uh, I guess I'm out of here. I mean, I think he was much more involved in the process right than, than okay. that. Okay. Oh, you do? Okay. All right. 
Well, still, I mean, judging, I mean, just judging by that reaction, that like he was very well, excited about it. Well, like, what's he gonna and, and say there? That, no, screw but, them. Well, to me, it's it, it's <laughs> it, it's not just that; it's that he knew it was coming. That like he right. was ready. And, and and by the way, well, I mean, Carson Wentz knew that Jalen Hurts was coming. Yeah, <laughs> no, I mean, but, I think I think no, that's that was part of different. what they no. do. I mean, they believe and tell the player. And and specifically with Kelsey, I would think they would want oh, to tell the player. Well, no, I don't think this was like a day of thing. Like Tony Pauline right. had a report out earlier in the week. Yeah, or shout out to Tony who had this who had this pegged. That, that Jurgens wasn't getting past the Eagles at at fifty one, and uh, like it, it certainly sounded to me the way Kelsey was answering that question, the left go, that this was very much part yes. of a plan here. Yeah. That this was the guy that they were targeting. Right. But I mean, months ago, you know, two months ago, they could have looked at the board and said, there's a chance we might get a center. Hey, let's rope Kelsey in on this uh, and and uh, let him know and make him feel valued. I mean, that is, a, you know, Howie Roseman, that is part of what he has wanted to do or tried to do, whether he's been successful uh, or not, especially with a player of Kelsey's stature. I mean, that's the last guy Roseman would want to, you know, uh, piss off or annoy. So I don't know. I'm I'm just not convinced that the, you know Kelsey has decided this is going to be his last year and that Jurgens is a great replacement and that they figured all this out and Jurgens will just have one year on the bench and then he'll take over. And so you do kind of run into the same situation where if Kelsey wants to play in 2023, just one more year. Now all of a sudden half of this guy's rookie contract is he's not playing at all. I mean, it would be it would be very simple to me if he had guard center versatility. Sure. I would be like, this is a home run pick. This is great. You have two. You know, you have a guard uh, who is a free agent at the end of next season. Now he can be a backup, but you're probably gonna have someone injured. He can come in and play. But if that's not the case, it just makes it a lot trickier to me because, as you guys outlined, uh, you can't play two centers unless they you know came up with something innovative, and uh, that also would be fun. In your shadow draft, who would you have gone with? I haven't done I, – I mean, I haven't even looked at I, – I would have to look well, at all the – I can uh, tell you, yeah, so, so – I'm, uh, I'm saving mine for uh, – Okay. For, I mean, I have well, the so answer, just let me ask I want to so tease, yeah. Okay. So let me frame it to you this way, Shield, okay? Um, and Because I wasn't enamored with the D-backs on the board there. I, I, I did like – No reason like to Nick, disparage them, call them yeah. D-backs. I mean, come on. D-backs. I, I did like uh, – who, who are the D-backs? But so – Oh, is the Matt Corral thing? Of those players that I mentioned, well, so actually, you, uh, let's talk quarterback in there too. If if you have Jurgens, you have Nick Benito, you have Drake Jackson, you have Nicobe Dean, you have Christian Harris, you have Chad Muma, um, you have Malik Willis, Matt Corral, and defense. Well, you have the wise, defensive tackles. You have Travis Jones and Perion Winfrey. Yes. Um, now Winfrey say, apparently there there are like some some personality things that are dropping him down the board, but safety. You have Brian cook, uh, was the next safety to go. Well, I think, uh, as you said, in that spot, I probably would have tried to trade back. That's, I don't that's know what if, I that, done. If, yeah. if that was available or not. I mean, I think what about uh, Malik Willis? Would you have rolled the dice? I feel like you have to, I mean, I'm really interested to see, uh, how that, how that plays out. I mean, I'm kind of, I'm kind of rooting for Malik Willis. Cause I do feel like, 
the people in the you know in the football world now are like oh you know you know Twitter didn't understand what the league really thought of Malik Willis like they like that was the easiest every- offense it was such a simple offense it was like, like a they're nailing all offense. the quarterback evaluations and just seeing like Willis's you know reaction uh I don't know if, if you guys caught that on the broadcast or not Ritter was the same way where like these guys were pretty bummed uh about it so so we'll see how they turn out I mean I definitely would have had the conversation and, and thought strongly about, uh, I mean, I, I don't have the information that the Eagles do, but yeah, if they would have taken Malik Willis there, I think I probably would have given it a good grade, and I would have said that's a rational swing to take. Uh, treat the quarterbacks like grown-ups. He doesn't have to play right away. Jalen Hurts has been through this before. He's not going to have hurt feelings. He's wired the right way, and you have to swing for upside at quarterback if you want to be anything. And so I would have said, uh, that's fine. I mean, Benito, you know, I, I wrote a love letter to Benito uh, in my grade there. So I love a him, Mussolini. Drake Jackson, you know, I think that would have been a I fine. I like Drake Jackson. Uh, that that would have been a fine pick there at that spot. But, I, I mean, I wouldn't, again, I wouldn't have been like, if I was in the draft room and they said, hey, we've got Jurgens ranked as our best available player uh, at this spot, I wouldn't have been like, what the hell are you guys doing? This is a massive mistake. The funny part about this, by the way, and, and they obviously would never frame it like this, but they've essentially created an interior offensive line factory, right? Like this is this right. is what they this is two years in a row with a second round pick on an interior offensive lineman. The year before, a fourth round pick, Jack Driscoll, interior interior off, offensive lineman. I know he, he has guard tackle versatility, uh, but but this is like this is you're two paying Casey yeah, Kelsey, yeah. however much, right? Paid Brooks a lot of money. Third um, round pick on Sam Allo. Yeah, this is like this two premium resources. Have and it is like it, it, it should be guard, especially should be the easiest starting position to find, like to find competent play from, especially with a stud offensive line coach like Jeff Stoutland. Right, Zach? And well, he is it, he's it, a great it, offensive line. It is here. like. I understand that they're always going to overvalue the offensive and defensive line. That's how they're going to build a team. But just from a from a resource allocation standpoint and from a um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, the uh, an opportunity cost like team building thing. Do you really need to pour that many resources into the interior offensive line into finding guards when guards are not that hard to find starting caliber play from? I don't think I fully understand what you guys are arguing right now. I mean, using a using a fourth round pick on Jack Driscoll. Okay, well, yeah, like, obviously what that's is not wrong a, with no, that. I would, Two I second round picks Amalu in a row. He's not getting history. paid at the top of the market. You know, he, he was <laughs> okay. a he was two a, second he, round picks he, in a row. Okay, so yeah, so I mean, it it really just comes down to the last two years. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with their philosophy of of pouring. You know, I don't even know that I would say they're pouring resources into the offensive line. Like, they signed Brandon Brooks to a big contract as a free agent, and that was absolutely a you know a home run signing. Jason sure. Kelsey was a sixth round pick, and you retain your own guys when they play well. There, Isaac Sayamalu was what a third round pick. Yeah. Yes. A third round pick, and they signed him to like a reasonable starter contract. Like they didn't do something great, crazy to retain Isaac Sayamalu. So I, I don't understand. You know, it, it's really these last two. And I was anti the Dickerson pick uh, last year, and so I understand the questions with the Cam Jurgens pick. 
Absolutely. But I don't know. You guys seem to be painting more of a big picture thing about how they build the offensive line or uh, their resources. Like, I, I mean, it's just this this one well, specific no, but, pick we're talking about, right? Well, well, actually, Howie Roseman did say when it's equal, he's, he's going to favor you know, the, the line of scrimmage. And we talked about that last night. That's their, or, that's their organizational philosophy. But, you know, to the point that uh, I don't even know if I'm making the point. I'm more thinking out aloud. But to the discussion here. Two second-round picks in a row on an interior offensive lineman. They haven't drafted a safety in the second round since 2012. Um, they haven't. They've. They've drafted. You know, they have. They drafted one corner in the first or second round um, since since uh, you know, I'm Sidney Jones was the only one in the right. past decade, right? Yeah. So but like, don't we always talk about? Don't, you can't reach for a you know. No, I agree. But, I'm, or, but I'm, yeah. I'm saying like in terms of in, in terms of how. Well, yeah, but st- it's statistically unlikely that over the course of an entire decade, it's only going to be like it's going to be that weighted based on the board. Yeah. So so that's where I'm saying in terms of your in, in terms of, your, of how you're allocating resources. I'll also say to the to the Stoutland conversation. Uh, you know, we've all in in I, I imagine in our company there are certain employees who who kind of get more what they want than other employees do, right? In most companies, mm. it, it's like that. I imagine, name like, names. no, I, I was. Name I names. imagine. Go no, ahead. Name I, names. I, oh, go ahead. I imagine Jeff Stoutland's voice carries a lot of like if Jeff's if there's a guy yeah, who that. Jeff Stoutland's passionate about hmm. it might carry more weight than I would say Jeff Zrebeck it's I would I would stick with the Jeffs I feel like <laughs> I think Jeff Zrebeck puts his head is probably the lowest maintenance employee we have at the athletic so I just put like... his head down and does a terrific job and needs absolutely no oversight yeah. whatsoever I would, just... I would I would I would venture to job, guarantee yeah. That if your editor and Jeff's Rebex editor had a conversation <laughs> about who is more harder to work with or high maintenance, that uh, that would go in a very specific yeah, direction. I think so too. All right, that's yeah, why so I can. Jeff, yeah, that's I, why I can throw his name out there. Well, Jeffrey Lurie, yeah, was dropping the Jeff Stoutland uh, uh, chatter. Uh, sticking with the, the Jeffs at the owner meetings. All right, so what do you think of this pick? So you you would have tried to trade down. I would have tried to trade down, but okay. It, it, what it if takes, there were no takers? Would you have yeah. yelled at if you're in the room and they said, uh, ZB, we really like Jurgens. You know, we have Jurgens and Dean here above everybody else. Uh, we realize this might not be great to draft another interior offensive lineman. What do you think? Should we go in a different direction or should we take Jurgens? I would have taken, I, I would have trusted my board there. I would have taken, you know, when you set the board, look, I, I, I defer to them when it comes to evaluating offensive linemen. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm I'm not, I'm I'm not as proficient or skilled at evaluating um, an offensive lineman as as I, I I feel more confidence in some other positions, right? Uh, so I will defer to their judgment there, and I do think that they have credibility in that area. Uh, I think that I, I don't want to say it's it's problematic, but look, they don't have. No, that's a, the a Kentucky lot of quarterback who's all they about don't the have, race wars. They don't have. A lot of traffic. Yeah, this this is an old. This has happened on Birds of Friends. It was a misunderstanding. They they don't have draft inventory. Someone said he's like a racehorse, and I thought he said race wars. Is that what it was? Uh, They they haven't added a defensive. They haven't added a a defensive back. Uh, No, I I I would not have forced the pick. So so I would have really tried to trade back in, in that situation. But like Howie said, 
how he said there really wasn't much action there when they were trying to do it. So if Jurgens, if, if if they objectively had Jurgens as like a, a, a class above, a tier above other players, I would have done that. I think, frankly, some of the edge rushers were more interesting. Yeah, I think that's fair. That's reasonable. I would probably agree with that. And also, I think it does set up a uh, situation where like, I mean, the ball, I, I don't know that the front office would react this way, but the ball might not be in Kelsey's court, whether he's a Philadelphia Eagle in 2023. Oh, I disagree. I, I, I think it's... Yeah. I mean, you think as long as he wants to play? It's at least... Mean, it, it, well, it's at least a leverage play. It's at least like... Well, but I still think it... Like, they're not going to let Kelsey go if he wants to come yeah. back. Like, okay. they're not like... What if his play slips a little bit? No. They only do that Those are the tough checks. decisions that they you have to make. <laughs> They only do that to Malcolm Jenkins. Yeah, I don't think it. <laughs> so I, I, there's there's the nothing there's thing. nothing in the relationship uh, that I've seen between them that leads me to believe that Howie Roseman is going to say no to Jason Kelsey about anything. Yeah, yeah, that might be fair. And in, and in that case, if they don't know, you know, if Kelsey was honest with them and said, "I don't know, I might want to play in 2023," and Jurgens is sitting on the bench for two years, yeah, then it's an absolute. That's Dillard. It's the Dillard. It's the same Dillard Peters conversation. I mean, basically. Well, I think, but Dillard's play, I think, had something to do with yeah, that. Yeah, they were right? handing it over remember. to Dillard, though, in year two, though. They were ready to. Right, but that was the and idea. He, it was the same idea. No, they, they didn't bring Kelsey. They, they, they didn't bring Peters back. Now, you can say they were hedging when the Brooks injury, but, like, their plan was. No, for, that was year three. No, that was year two. Last year was year three. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> year of Zach continues. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, my opinion on the pick is that it has like, it has already evolved a little bit. Like my initial reaction was, this is sort of like how I rose self parody. Like, okay, here we go again. Another interior offensive lineman. Like this is, you are always doing the exact same thing. And like the, the Kelsey video, the Kelsey reaction, chi- like moves the needle for me. Um, I didn't find that very convincing. It, you didn't think you didn't think so? I didn't find that very good. I mean, I, I thought it was, a, you know, somebody who was going to say a nice thing about a player who just got drafted. And oh, I think a, he I think he is very authentic about that. Yeah, I'm sure. He lo- I'm his, sure he loves him as a player, but that doesn't mean he's like he's pumped about them drafting a center in the second round if he wants to keep playing. I mean, I don't think he's going to be a jerk about it. I don't know. what. I, how does it what does it move the needle for you for? Like it makes you think Kelsey's retiring after the year? I think that's part of it. And I okay. think, yeah. And it like, uh, also like I, I, uh, I, I accept that he knows, like, even if he's not a scout, like he knows more about the position than I do. Um, I still like, I do like, you know, would I have probably taken a, like a Drake Jackson or a, or a, a or an, an edge rusher there probably, or like I would have, you know, I don't know whatever Perry on Winfrey's, uh, like uh, character concerns are, but but on my shadow draft, I would have gone Kyle Hamilton in the first, and then either uh, Travis Jones or Perrion Winfrey in the second round. That's what I. That's what I have. Is I would. Oh, have you it. would have gone Hamilton in the first. You didn't yeah. admit that before. Oh wow, yeah, interesting. So, well, I said that yesterday. He was my three, and and Davis was my four on the ranking. Oh, yeah, but I said it was so close. I didn't know oh, you yeah. were definitely going to. I mean, it yeah, was very like close. A coin but, flip. Yeah, it's oh, a coin flip. So you're going to go on the record and print that you would have taken Hamilton over Jordan Davis. Yeah, that's what I had. Oh, all right. I, mean, I didn't know that. I mean, that, I don't know that if, was I don't, news to me. I don't know if that's going to be right, but that's 
I mean, I like that. But um, yeah, so and I think and I think the defensive tackles falling does make it look better. But um, I like I think think I misread that though, by the way, because um, because I I I think they thought there was a big cutoff (laughs) at defensive tackle, right? And this was a really strong day two safety class, and there was a run before the Eagles drafted, like. Like Brisker I went. I can't believe they didn't get one of these safeties again. Brisker went four picks before. <laughs> well, um, now oh, go ahead, sir. You know, early on, uh, you know, Petrie. You know, Petrie, yeah, yeah, Petrie went early on. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Dax Hill went late first round. So did Scene. Yeah, yeah, Scene went late first round. Uh, Alante Taylor, who's like a corner safety hybrid, but yeah, it's 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 more Brisker was four picks before Jerkins. Hmm. So my well, official, and, and you I, could say, and you could say that if you didn't trade up for Jordan Davis, you could have traded up for Brisker. That's yeah. true. Uh, so my official, because I feel like I, I've talked in circles here a little bit with Jurgens, is I think Jurgens is an uh, excellent prospect. I, I think it's a wor- fine pick. Sorry, go I ahead. think he, he's worthy of the fifty-first pick, but I do believe that the resource allocation rubs me the wrong way where it, it, it is what like why every year are they trying to find Jason Kelsey's replacement when Jason Kelsey exactly. is playing li- like an all pro and has not indicated uh, at least publicly that this is going to be his last year and he thinks about it every year and he keeps coming back and and like you said Zach they're not going to be caught with their pants down if Jason Kelsey after next year says he's yeah. retiring they literally just spent a second round pick last year on the guy who can exactly. just go in there Exactly. So like you're not left in this disastrous scenario. So I they I don't know why they are kind of obsessed with that. Now, if they tell me Jurgens was far and away better exactly, than everybody yeah. else we had on our board and we just didn't want to overthink it, then I think that's fine. But I do question, you know, the the sort of planning of it, uh, what they know, what they don't know. And you have to keep in mind it, it is a disastrous scenario where if this guy just sits on the bench for two years while Jason Kelsey continues to play. Um, I, I know we don't know that right now, so that makes it hard, but that's absolutely a scenario that's in play. And we do have to at least reference and bring up the farcical comment from Howie Roseman at the owners' meetings that uh, they didn't they didn't make a lot of noise in free agency because they didn't want to block the rookies that they were going to have. <laughs> they didn't want to have these doing. guys registered. That's literally all they do ever <laughs> is draft backups. So it's pretty funny. Uh, uh, are, are there any more breaks or yes, we have yeah, one more break. So let's take a break. Well, we'll okay. <laughs> Zach is very tired. He slept three hours last night. So let's take a break. And, and I got to write. So. And now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream direct TV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on direct TV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on direct TV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. Direct TV has the most MLB games. Visit directtv.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, back on Birds with Friends. Uh, the real story of the night, the Eagles going interior offensive line and linebacker it is a double hit in the Duck Duck Juice draft for Shield, who oh. takes a lead 11-7 over Zach. That's not true. I in. saved it for the third segment last night also. Uh, so you have the lead, and uh, so... It's, I mean, I'm eliminated for sure. But if the Eagles go, Zach has safety, running back, and tackle. 
And if they hit those, if, if he hits both of those, uh, it looks like he will tie you. But if not, then you will win. Duck, duck, juice. Wow. Wait, so, all right. So how many, what are, their, what are their picks tomorrow? Uh, they have a fifth and a seventh. That's it. Now they could, you know, they could trade oh, back okay. from from the fifth. Uh, they could trade a future pick to get into a round. Howie Roseman said tonight he went into the scouts and said this has to be our best uh, undrafted free agent class uh, that we've ever had. We got to really hit this hard. Their their theory is that because of the extra year of eligibility, there is going to be a deeper uh, undrafted class than usual. We'll see how that goes. I mean, By the way, that's that's not a rationalization. Theory. Now that's something though that that like they. They felt they that said. way. There are, I mean, there are literally like 500 extra players in their database this yeah. year than normal because yeah. of that. Yeah, this is something that that like they thought weeks ago that their the the strength of this class is going to be the later rounds, which they don't really have picks in, and the undrafted market. So they could end up with five picks in this entire draft, yeah. huh? Yes. Wow, interesting. Um, did they talk about whether they whether they thought about trading out when? Uh, yes, I asked that and specifically. What, and what did they say? There were no offers. He or said no, second round. He said that it died in the second round. It was quiet, right? There was a little run okay. before, and then the, the there was just it was quiet when they were picking the third round. There was interest, but they didn't want to miss out on Dean. Yeah. So I think if Dean had gone, they would have traded out. Yeah. Okay. Um, I am in the lead in Turkey's to Kingdom. I didn't see Tom Donahoe. Uh, on the screen, but Deniz uh, has it as a win, so I must have missed that. Maybe he was on ESPN and I was watching NFL Network. Yeah. We'll have to we'll have to find that. Mm, like some video uh, there evidence. are some there are some things up in the air here where I can still lose this. Uh, how many picks will the Eagles make in the draft? That's not going to move the needle. But if the Eagles draft a quarterback, that will be bad news for me. And if they uh, if they acquire several more first round or next picks for next year that this is not interesting you can check that on denise's but more importantly the other thing uh zach the i mean the the year of zach continues he has bookended his owl you know draft his first pick was jordan davis his last pick was cam jurgens so he has two hits in the owl you know i didn't even realize he said he said wow unbelievable uh now now i actually uh this is tough because the point values are he's at nine, where if a seventh round pick hits, that will be a 10 pointer. I feel like if we hit a seventh round, like if I hit Kyron Johnson in the seventh round to win, I actually, I feel like Zach should still win for getting two, but. What are you talking about? The point the system is the, the point system. Yeah. Zion, what's my guy? Zion Gilbert. Gilbert. Zion Williamson. Oh, Gilbert. You have, uh, <laughs> you have four players left, Shield. Perion Winfrey, Damari Mathis, Tariq Castro Fields, Ooh, and Zion I could hit Gilbert. Ma- well, I could hit a Mathis or a Castro Fields. Those aren't crazy. No, those aren't crazy, but you would okay. need you would need multiples. You you're one well, I guess in the seventh. In the seventh, if one of those guys goes to the seventh, oh, you'll man, take it. Seven. Uh Zach has Damian Pierce and Charlie Kolar, the Iowa State tight end. Man, and, he could still hit. He could pile up. This could yeah. be an all-timer. Yeah. And I've got Kobe Bryant, uh, Jalen Armour Davis, who's still on the board, Kyron Johnson, and uh, the punt god. So tough to By imagine way, them Mike, using a pick on a punter with only five picks. Yeah. I think uh, going into tomorrow, <clears throat> excuse me, Kobe Bryant, I, I don't think he'll last till the fifth round, but he would be the player that would kind of be like the, the number one guy going into day three. 
if you're looking at it from an Eagles perspective. The one thing, I, and, and we can talk about this tomorrow afternoon. We'll see how things shake out. But I think Tyron Mathow is Tyron Matthew. <laughs> Walter's son? All right. Tyron Matthew. I, uh, Grumpy I, old men, Tyron, Tyron Matthew. Yeah, Tyron Matthew is. Like, the guy's only been in the league a decade. I was like, I'm is sorry. this like a six round prospect? I, on that? I think Tyron Matthew. Cleo is, Lemon and, and Tyron, Tyron Matthew. Matthew, that's, that's a W.I.P. caller. Hey, Matthew. hey, Matthew. hey Angelo, you think is, they should go over Tyrone? <laughs> Tyrone Matthew, they got to get Matthew. Who is more of a possibility now than he was before the draft? I, look, uh, I, I'm, I showed Bo the app on my phone that showed my sleep last night. Okay, um, I'm not uh, making this up. Like I. He showed I it to am me. On, I am on fumes right now. So he slept. He slept three hours and then we, and then took a nap this. for forty five for thirty five minutes. Okay. Later in the day. Go ahead. Chill. Uh, yeah, I struggled to go right to sleep right after we record. I noticed. Uh, oh yeah. It's, last night. But, well, uh, we've still got a little bit of writing to do. Um, how's the spread at the Novacare Complex? We're not well, it, you know what? It, it, it is very much a night one spread and a night two spread and then a night and then a day three spread. So night one was uh, not bad, like a nice little uh, Italian poppies. poppies. Yeah, it was good. Uh, chicken parm, eggplant parm. Uh, eggplant parm? Some, oh, some they penne, must have thought I was some, coming. Some penne vodka as well. That oh, was good. Night two, chickies. And then I believe tomorrow is like Dunkin' Donuts and Wawa. Wait, they're and, ordering and food? Night. Oh, yeah. so they're ordering mm. out food to that comes in. Oh, yeah. Where we're are not, you this we're not whole time? In the, we're in the, in the, we're in the, in the media yeah. house. Yeah, we're not. Oh, in the whole media. time? Yeah. And then you go in for the interview? Yeah. That's it. Yep. Oh, that was so fun to watch in the big auditorium. It's a nice bonding yeah, experience among fellow reporters, I thought. Mm, not a bondage experience, <laughs> but a bonding experience. <laughs> <laughs> it is now, 245. Yeah, now we have. <laughs> no, it's not. Okay, something. I don't know what that means. That know. is not something that Frank Reich is ever going to be interested in. <laughs> so, Bo, have, we know what Boa has on his things to do list at two forty-five. <laughs> um, I was going to say an actual serious point um, to Zach's point. Zach that is is that if you are like you know from a from a team building perspective, it's not great that they have five picks. They've got holes on the roster. Obviously, there's a long time uh, before week one. But if there's like a a position you're going to leave open and try to dip into veteran free agency, the secondary is probably the right place to do that. I mean, they signed Steven Nelson in August last year, uh, as you said, July. And as you said, uh, Walter's son, Tyron, is is out there at safety. Right. So Sorry. there are some guys who they could add. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, I guess that'll do it. You guys got anything else to say? We are talking again in, like, what, <laughs> 10 hours? No, not, not 10 hours. 16 hours. Should we do a live stream during the fourth round while we're watching at home? Uh, if Why you are you want, watching I at could. home? Well, because we're not, we're, they don't do press conferences until after the, the day, day is over. So, day, uh-huh. yeah, so day three is a long day. And actually, the video, Better experience. the video conferences are easier to do from home anyways. So, uh, oh, so it's a because, video conference tomorrow? Have they no, all been video players. conferences? No, the no, players. The video conferences the players. The players. Uh, 
And then they do what? You're so out of touch as a non-beat and as a Mr. National. You have no. You're out of touch. This is like asking uh, Lucille Bluth how much a how much a gallon of milk costs. You have no idea what it's like for the normal beat these days. Listen, I was talking to Peter about this. (laughs) Back at Shields Day, back as I told Peter earlier. No, back at Shields Day, uh, Chip used to come down after every pick. Right, you know, the happiest it, he was all year. Yeah, he do five press conferences on on day three. Uh, now, and especially post the Jalen Hurts era, right? You know, after the quarterback factory, which uh, they they it's, it's it's one press conference to wrap everything up once things are closed. So tomorrow night, let's say seven o'clock, is going to be the first is is going to be the only in person press conference. So it starts at noon tomorrow, right? Um, so we can watch two rounds here, get down there for the final two rounds. Well, you, you'll have to leave that? a little sooner than I will. That is true. Suburbs. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And then we'll pod, we'll pod tomorrow night. Okay. Final pod. See the Aaron Robinson pod, as we call it. All right. Uh, I guess that'll do it then. So, uh, for underslept Zach, well-rested shield. Malnourished Marissa, who needs to eat some food, and uh, stupid Bo, uh, and of course Elijah. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. As always, we love you.